Lost my voice a little bit. To the ungovernables, the captain's crew, the LFA family coming to you live from the heart of America, Nashville, Tennessee, on rumble.com slash LFA TV. This is ungoverned, and I'm still listening to Creed. Kevin said in the uh, in the thing, I'm going to ruin all your days. I've already ruined his day because I sent him a screenshot of with arms wide open. <laughs> Because it was the that's like the there was the soundtrack apparently of the 2023 Texas Rangers things got things got rough they're like okay here we go Sean's doing sports again I thought it was a politics show um, oh jeez let's see what this is here I bet you this is a freaking here we go no okay <laughs> uh, yeah it's the, Kevin says his day is over so hey everyone tune in at one o'clock uh, <laughs> oh boy. Excuse me. Well, uh, this hat is the new hat of choice until my World Series hat comes in. Then that'll be the hat that I wear every day for the next year. Uh, <laughs> so uh, welcome to the show this morning, folks. Hope everybody's having a good Friday. We have another interview that we're going to play for you second half of the show. The man primarying uh, Kevin McCarthy, David Giglio. I called him David Giglio yesterday because that's how it's. But he's a Italiano. I know what you mean. He's cool. He's a cool guy. Yes, you're going to love him. I think you're going to love this guy. Now, he's going to need a lot of help. Obviously, out there in California, Kevin McCarthy, and we go through this in the interview. Kevin McCarthy's got a huge war chest, lots of money. Uh, but, you know, money can't buy you everything. Um, you've seen that with who? De Sanctimonious. Little meatball is a meatball. Meatball zero, right? Uh, obviously, money can't win everything. You've seen it happen. Some of these well funded candidates don't actually go on to win their races. So uh, I give him the courage and the platform. Uh, you are. Primary and Kevin McCarthy sticking your neck out there. He's run for Congress once. Uh, we go through that in the interview as well. 25 or so minutes, second half of the show. So we're going to have that for you then. Uh, happy birthday to real Maria G. Happy birthday to you. You're a fantastic person. Uh, so we have that at the second half of the show, of course. Um, the cats. Everyone wants to know about the cats, the kittens. Uh, now what? Three out of five are now eating real food. Eating. Okay. And Clover's still in heat. This is the horniest cat I've ever seen. Oh I got to tell you something right now. Like, guys, I never thought my feet were that attractive. Two of them are learning to use the litter box. Two of them learned how to use the litter box. Learning. They're making a poo-poo. One, yes. poo-poo, one, one pooped. I'm, I got to tell you something right now. He was, he's the one that's been eating the longest. He pooped like toothpaste today. Yeah. I mean, that's the way big. it's supposed to look. It was big. Yeah, it was good. It was a big poop. This so everybody who's tuning into the show expecting to hear about the establishment packing, uh, panicking is hearing about cat poop. That's good. <laughs> I'm sure when David watches this show later, he's going to be like, really? You stuck my interview on the second half of the show? You opened it up talking about Texas Rangers and cat poop? Because David is, a, uh, David is, a, is a, a Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim fan. So he's my you know, division rivals. Um, and so, yeah, unfortunately, he's hearing about the Texas Rangers and my cat. Yeah, it's a whole thing. But we, we're going to love David, folks. Please show him some support when you, uh, when you listen to his interview later. It's going to be fun. And it's a Friday. We're having fun. Brendan and I will be on Locals later today. I want to thank Holden McGroin. Never thought I'd say that without talking to myself in the mirror. Uh, I want to thank Holden McGroin. He's been so uh, enthusiastic, and all the McGroins, really, but Holden has been, I run locals, I chat with them. It's so much fun having you, the whole family, the whole McGroin movement uh, with us every morning. So appreciate all you guys and gals coming in there, holding and aching and slapping and zapping and all, your, all you McGroins. I don't even know if slapping McGroin is a thing, but it should be. 
if it's not. Uh, so we have that. We have the establishment in panic mode. Remember we talked about it a couple of days earlier. Um, we t- Hello, Lindsay again, 14 back in. Looks like we had a new regular in the chat now after coming in and finding us on Wednesday nights. Uh, we talked about this a couple days ago. The House getting ready to pass a standalone Israel funding bill. Now, you know my stance. What's my stance? And some foreign aid? No. And most foreign aid? No. End it all. But if we can't end it all, what do we do? What do we do? Take the money away from some of these agencies and bureaus and institutions or whatever you want to call them that hate us. The IRS hates us, ladies and gentlemen. They can't stand it. They love Hunter, but they hate us. Uh, and so what, what looks like the House has done is they have passed, according to Mike Johnson, an Israel funding bill that is completely offset by sacrifices and budget cuts to the IRS, which means at least what's being told to us, obviously we got to have our people who know how to look into this and make sure it's legit, um, it means that this is not new money in the federal budget going somewhere else, and that is a great first place to start. If we're not going to start at a base zero with our federal budgets, and we're going to start at, all right, well, we spent $3 trillion this year, so we're going to start with $3 trillion next year. Don't go over that number. Don't add to that number. You understand what I'm saying? Start at a ba- we should start at base zero. How much money do you need? Not how much money do you want or how much money did you get last year. So at least if we're going to start sending foreign aid, which I don't like, and I want it all to stop, uh, we're not adding new money to the budget and growing the budget when we don't have the money to grow it. Okay, you understand what I'm saying? So we'll talk about that. The asinine statement, asinine. That always sounds like a bad word, but it's not. It's a good word. Asinine. 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 Or like assassin. (laughs) Assassin. Well, listen, uh, you have... Um, the asinine statement from the White House on this bill. You know, they're going to veto the Israel bill because A, they hate the Jews, but B, uh, because it doesn't continue their trend of reckless spending. If Mike Johnson in the House of Representatives can keep this Republican conference unified and can keep this Republican conference on point, on task, and on target, and focused, and really rein in the spending, we are going to be so happy Matt Gates did what he did. Look, Johnson may not please us all the time, and I want to I wanna be very clear with everybody. He's not going to be perfect. He is probably going to compromise with people we don't like because in the position that he's in right now with a four-seat majority, he has to. But I think it's going to be an overwhelming net positive. I might be wrong. Excuse me, I might be wrong. I hope I'm not. I get a good feeling about Mike Johnson. And I want everyone to just realize, if he does something that you don't like, that's not the time to throw your hands. All right, that's it. He's just like the rest of them. Let's not be like that. Let's make sure that, you know, because he's, he's nobody's going to be perfect. That's right. Trump's not going to be perfect. You know it. I know it. We all know it. I think he's starting in a good place right now at the House. So let's see. Let's see what happens. Let's give him time. We're going to give him enough rope to either hang himself or to do some damage to the Democrat Party. Right? Give him a nice long leash. He's either going to hang himself with it or he's going to use it to his advantage. So we have that. DeSantis came out there with this uh, really, I mean, if there is a guy that has been a bigger disappointment than Ron DeSantis, I don't know who it is. Um, weak non-statement beat around the bush answer on Ukraine funding. And it's only because he was on MSNBC. 
So we have that for you as well. And if we get to it before we get to David uh, David Giglio's interview today, um, <laughs> there were these protests, I guess you can call them, in China, in Shanghai. China. China. You know China. We say it all the time. China. Say it like that. Everybody in the chat say China. That's what I want you to do. China. Okay? China. Um, remember how we make fun of Xi Jinping? What do we call him, Brennan? Xi Jinping. Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh. We call him Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> well, apparently, it was Halloween in Shanghai. And a bunch of protesters dressed up as Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> They're all dead, probably. It sucks. We did give Clover the hedgehog. She's more interested in my toes, weirdo. Weird horn dog, horn dog cat. All right. Uh, so we're going to get to all that. Look at everybody saying China. Look at that, China. <laughs> Lindsay, welcome to the show. Happy to have you here. Before we get to all that, I want to get to a word from our friends over at Switch2USA.com. That is Switch2USA.com. Here's a video from them, uh, our, our friends over at Switch2USA.com. Take a look. We all want to make a difference in our country and, and make change, but we don't all have the ability to do so. A lot of people are busy. They can't join school boards. They can't get on borough council, but they can change where they shop. And it's just shopping, it's that simple. We're gonna link arms and we're gonna shop right here at this American factory. They make the products and they're all natural and they're good for us and they're affordable. Everything's made here in the USA. Switch to USA.com, switch to USA.com. I had a little Mitch McConnell moment as that ended. I forgot that was the 30 second clip. Not the one-minute clip. So that's switch the number two USA.com. Switch the number two USA.com. Folks, we've been talking about how the world has been going crazy with supply chain issues, record-setting inflation, and, of course, sky-high gas prices. They call it Putin's price hike. I call that BS. It's not Putin's price hike. It's Biden's price hike. The wealthiest people on the planet became better off while mom and pop suffered. The question is, what are we willing to do about it? How can our voices be heard? Well, you could vote with your dollars. You can shop Factory Direct at a family-owned, made in America, made in America, Manufacture for your monthly consumables, toothpaste, shaving cream, laundry detergent, shampoo, healthy snacks, and now grass-fed beef. All delivered right to your door. No more made in. The chat just said it, China. Switch to made in the USA. Join the parallel economy today. Join the massive sweep happening through Patriot Nation and decide right now that you want to be a part of this movement to cut off their cash flow. Sign up with the right, uh, by filling out the form on the right-hand portion of your screen. You see it on your screen right now. If you're listening on audio, anywhere you get your podcast, folks, if you're listening on audio or watching on video, make sure you're subscribed anywhere you get your podcast totally free. Sign up on the right-hand portion of your screen. You'll be called back by my friend Maria. You will be enrolled. Once you're enrolled, you can start shopping at this privately owned mom and pop. That is switch the number two USA.com. Switch the number two USA.com. Switch the number two USA.com. And we also have EnviroCleanse, EKPure.com. That is Echo Kilo. Papa Uniform, RomeoEcho.com, EKPure.com. Ladies and gentlemen, if all home air purifiers are the same, why on earth did the United States Department of Defense select EnviroCleanse to protect and purify the air on board our Navy ships? That's because EnviroCleanse advanced mineral technology goes beyond ordinary HEPA filters to destroy airborne illness causing cold and flu viruses, including what virus, folks? The China virus. EnviroCleanse is the new science in air purification. Now you can order one for your home. This is how you help stop colds and flu from taking your whole family down and how you destroy allergy and flaming toxins and mold from the air your family breathes. In fact, this hospital-grade technology is so powerful that it promises far fewer colds and allergies and much better sleep. Visit ekpure.com, Echo Kilo, Pop Uniform, Romeo Echo.com, and use the code LFA for 10% off your EnviroCleanse home air purification unit. You'll also receive a free air quality monitor and 
fast and free shipping. That's a $150 savings at ekpure.com, code LFA. ekpure.com, code LFA. ekpure.com, promo code LFA, 10% off, free shipping, free air quality monitor, big, beautiful savings. Gotta love it. Last but not least, the LFA TV store on the LFA TV website. That is lfatv.us. Click on the LFA TV store tab. You wind up here on the LFA TV. What was that? My Bluetooth speaker. Uh, you wind up on the LFA TV store website. You see a clearance sale, 10 bucks until they're gone. Also, some brand new items. So check it out. Check it out. The LFA TV store, LFATV.us. Click on the store tab, or you can go to jeremyherald.com slash store. Be a walking, breathing, living billboard for LFA TV. The greatest network on the internet. You know it. I know it. We all know it. Please hit that thumbs up button. Uh, as you're watching the show today, we would really appreciate all the love and support. Yesterday, we did incredibly well once again. So thank you to everybody uh, who uh, is out there and doing so, obviously, in, in your uh, in the best interest of your personal health. As you know, Brennan and the lions. That we, These are lions now, folks. We're not playing these are not kittens anymore. They're not cute little balls that look like aliens coming out. No, they're lions. They're going to come and get you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, especially Tucker. Oh, he's a biter. He's intense. He's intense. He's, he's like camping. Yeah, he's camping. <laughs> he's camping. He's intense. Get it? Where's the rim shot? Come on, come on, come on, come on. There it is. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, we are rocking and rolling here. Uh, let's talk about the House of Representatives. And uh, and <laughs> we can even get into uh, that Ron DeSantis non-statement. That's a, it's, oh, man. I mean, talk about total weakness. Here we go. Uh, the House of Representatives has passed a bill, uh, a standalone Israel emergency funding bill. And as you know, I don't like foreign aid, but if we're going to do foreign aid, we might as well do it like this, right? It's a standalone Israel funding bill that is going to slash money from the IRS. According to Mike Johnson, it is completely offset, meaning this is not new money in the budget. It's not like we're adding to the debt, right? We're just taking money from one place and giving it to another place. Now, I don't like giving money to other countries, but I like the fact that he is forcing their hand here, that the House Republican Conference is forcing the hand of the Democrat-run Senate and the Democrat President of the United States, okay? The House has approved a $14.3 billion Israel aid package. If you ask me, it's too much money. Whether you're taking it from the IRS or not, that's still too much money. Slashes IRS funding and Biden regime threatens to veto the bill. All right, now it's time for Republicans to start understanding how Democrats play. If Donald Trump was the president right now and he was threatening to slash a bill that was going to give money to Israel, chat, what would they say about him? What would they say about Donald Trump if he was the president threatening to slash or threatening to veto a bill that was going to give money to Israel? What would they say about him? What would they say about him? Obviously, as I'm sure, because the chat's on a bit of a delay, I'm going to get it loaded up on the screen. I'm waiting to see what they'd say because we know how the liberal media plays. What would they say about Donald Trump if he did not, um, if he did not sign a bill giving it to Israel? Zap's got it. Liz Angeles has got it. He's anti-Semitic. Winky, winky, nod, nod has got it. Peg Jernigan's got it. Cubs fan has it. Unfortunately, he's a Cubs fan. That's okay. I can say that about every team in baseball because my favorite team won the World Series. You're not going to, folks, you're going to hate me for the next couple months. Anti-Semitic, right? Look at the chat. Beautiful job by the chat. 
Always paying attention, always on it. We have the sm- We have the smartest people. We really do. We have the smartest people. You're all beautiful and smart and talented and highly respected. Anti-Semitic. He'd be ridiculed. They'd call him what? Hitler. They'd call him. And uh, please, I'm not even going to get there. Look, Lung is in here from Ohio. He's in Ohio. The Lung says he's Ohio in Ohio. Yes, he's uh, up to our north about eight hours. So welcome to the Lung. Uh, they would say Donald Trump is, he's a Nazi. It's obvious. He's not giving money to Israel. He's, he's, he hates Jews. He's next to Third Reich. What, are they going to say that about Biden? Chair farts. Are they going to say that about Biden? <laughs> Guys, listen. Oh, we're tooting, we're tooting with Putin. We're tooting with Putin. My, my, my chair makes uh, crazy noises. So are they, are, 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 is the Democrat left-wing mainstream media going to criticize Joe Biden for not supplying Israel with aid money? Are they going to do it? No. So we must do it. I don't like identity politics. I don't like playing this game. However, if these are the rules of engagement, now I'm going to play by the rules. Joe Biden is Hitler. Joe Biden is Hitler. Uh, that's it. No, you can't say that, Sean. That's extreme. That's extreme. No, no, it's not. You would call Donald Trump a Nazi. You would call Donald Trump Hitler. You would say that Donald Trump is reviving the Third Reich if he did the same thing or threatened to do the same thing that Joe Biden was doing with the Israel aid. If Donald Trump threatened, if Donald Trump threatened to veto a bill that was giving $14 billion to Israel, who is currently under attack, the left-wing mainstream media will be calling him Hitler. So I'm going to call Joe Biden Hitler, and I'm also going to remind you, remember, he gave a speech like this. Looks very Hitler-esque to me. It was so bad that CNN actually had to change the temperature and saturation to make it look pink behind him and not red. Joe Biden is Hitler. Joe Biden is Hitler. He's threatening to veto a bill that would give Israel $14.3 billion in aid. You don't like that I'm playing by your rules? What is it that we always say? It ain't no fun when the rabbit's got the gun. It's too bad. You shouldn't have made those rules, liberals, left-wing mainstream media talking heads. You shouldn't have done that. Because now I'm watching your guy starve our allies in the Middle East. If Donald Trump didn't or threatened to withhold aid to Ukraine, what would they say about Donald Trump? He's Putin's puppet. He's Putin's puppet. He's a Russian agent. Well, you know what? Joe Biden is threatening to withhold resources from the only Jewish state in the world. So therefore, he's reviving. He's breathing life. He is stacking wood on the remaining embers of the Third Reich. That's what Joe Biden is doing. You don't like those rules? You shouldn't have, you shouldn't have created those rules. Joe Biden is a Nazi. Sean, you can't call the President of the United States a Nazi. Too bad I just did because they did it for four years. That's how we have to play. That's the branding that we have to, that we have to levy on them. And MSNBC, CNN, ABC, even Fox News, they're not going to go near that. But we can. That's what makes our movement, our show, our network here on Rumble so, so special. We do it. We'll push it that direction. 
Do I like when the United States is so polarized? No, because then we're the divided states. But we're at a point right now where we have to play to win. So let's play to win. We've taken money out of the IRS budget. Listen to the House of Representatives. Speaker Mike Johnson, he says on Hannity that the money was offset. In other words, not new money in the budget. And that he wanted to bifurcate the issue of Israel and Ukraine. In other words, separate bills. Israel aid and Ukraine aid are not going to be in the same bill. I have to say, I liked seeing this happen. Now, what would I want to see in a perfect world that is impossible because the world isn't perfect? The $14.3 billion taken out of the IRS budget and given to veterans. Used to actually build roads and bridges. Used to actually rebuild our military. Take the money from the special counsel Jack Smith's office, take it out, give that to veterans too. How about $14.3 billion for Southern Southern Border Wall construction? We're going to take it from the IRS, but we're going to give it to another country. But we're stepping in the right direction. That's the point. $14.3 billion in aid. Now listen to the White House's statement. I'm going to read it to you. The White House says, this is their statement. Listen to this. Bifurcating Israel security assistance from the other priorities in the National Security Supplemental will have global consequences. Humanitarian aid is critically needed to alleviate the suffering of citizens and civilians in Gaza. But it is also crucial support for Ukrainians facing the brutality of Putin's war. It is vital assistance for people around the world who are suffering because Putin is blocking the shipments of grain from Ukraine, which was once the world's breadbasket. Failing to provide supplemental humanitarian assistance will leave displaced and conflict-affected civilians around the world from Darfur to Nagorno-Karabakh, from Zaporizhia to Gaza City, without access to food, water, and sanitation, healthcare, hygiene, programming, and emergency shelter support and protection. It's funny, right? What's the one nation that's not listed in the White House's statements? The United States of America, because they don't give up about you. They don't care about you. Now they're showing you exactly who they are. $14.3 billion dollars taken out of the funding for the IRS, given to Israel, and they want more so that they can send it all over the world and leave you here starving. They don't care about you. They don't care about you. I love what Mike Johnson has done here. Now the Senate is probably going to kick this thing back. It's going to take some time, and we're going to have to dig our heels in again. It's not going to be easy. But I think if Mike Johnson plays this right, we may start to see the spending come under control. Dig your heels in, Speaker Johnson. It's either we bifurcate the bills, we pass these standalone bills, or nobody gets anything. I'm fine with that too. Because we don't lose either way. And I love taking it from the IRS. Oh, what's the matter, IRS? You don't like when you when money's taken from you and given to another country? Too bad! It's what you've been doing to us for years. Here's DeSantis, by the way, on MSNBC talking about Ukraine. This is fantastic. That's the wrong. I did it again. Well, I'll just leave that alone then. (laughs) Uh, Here's DeSantis talking about Ukraine. Listen to this weak non-statement. Do you support funding Ukraine at the levels uh, that uh, President Biden has suggested in this bill? 
Well, first, just on the border, I just got to point out, he's not actually providing money that would stop the problem. He's providing money to process more illegal aliens coming in, which I think would probably end up exacerbating and inviting the problem. Uh, I gave a speech at the Heritage Foundation on Friday laying out our national security strategy. Uh, we are going to focus on the Indo-Pacific. What Biden's doing there is inadequate to deter China. That ultimately is the top threat to this country. Um, I think Russia is hostile to the United States, but I think their threat, uh, Europe is a more pressing um, part of their threat. Right. So, so, so we need to have the so Europeans step up. Some have done yeah. it. Some have, yeah. No so blank Ukraine, check on you're saying, Ukraine. You're saying the United States are no blank check, and I think I, I agree with you, and I think I think a lot of Americans agree with you that they shouldn't get a blank check. But do you support the support continued funding, though, for the Ukrainians, and if so, for how long? So I would not do what Biden's doing, which is you know funding pensions for bureaucrats over there, funding salaries, they're funding small business stuff. Uh, we were supportive of the defensive weaponry to be able to prevent Putin from taking over uh, the country. So as president, right. I'm going to leverage resources. I'm going to get the Europeans to do more. I'm going to do more on the energy side. I'm going to do more on China, which, by the way, is the biggest benefactor for Ukraine. But I would not just send checks, because I think what they're going to do is they want 60 billion now but i think they're going to come back at the beginning of the year next year and ask for at least another 100 billion so we've already put a lot of money into this uh, and he hasn't really been able to articulate a coherent strategy about how does this come to an end i think our, our interest is bringing it to an end in a way that keeps russia in a box uh but is not going to have us spend hundreds of billions of dollars so there's there's ron to say this exactly but, but i just want i just want to confirm because you talked about how, how you'd spend money there you didn't mention I, I know that you did support defensive there's Ron DeSantis out there look uh, in talking himself in circles uh, did he say some good things he did you know again I'm not a guy who's just going to continue to just hit the guy for the sake of hitting him there are people who will do that and whatever that's their prerogative you can do it it's, that's on you some of the things he said were good right? it's a border wall only do defensive my answer if I was Ron DeSantis was, we're done with Ukraine we're done the United States interest is not keeping Russia in a box Okay, but oh yeah, we'll fund it with this, but not with that. I won't fund the pensions. How do you know it's not going to go there? So you don't know that. Weak. It's just weak, and it's because he was on MSNBC. If he was on Hannity, he would have said something completely different. Come, 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 chameleon. Guy changes his tune based on who he's talking to. Just it's a shame with Ron DeSantis. It is, and the whole boots thing is hysterical. All right, look, we got to run now. We got the interview with David Gillio coming up. I'm not going to get to the China Winnie the Pooh story in a minute, but we got to get to a word from our friends over at Let's Go Brandon Token. Maybe we'll get to the Winnie the Pooh at the end. Let's Go Brandon Token, folks, the only LGBT that I will support. Let's Go Brandon Token.com. Let's Go Brandon Token.com. Folks, let me take you into the world of cryptocurrency, where innovation meets freedom and community empowerment. This is Let's Go Brandon Token, and what sets them apart is the unique approach to giving back with every transaction made. Using the token, 2% goes to the America First wallet, which is used to donate to America First candidates, causes, and charities. Let's Go Brandon Token rewards its holders by dispersing 7% of the buy and sell tax back into the community so you earn passive income simply by holding your tokens and being a part of the Let's Go Brandon Token community. They're also developing a non-custodial crypto wallet called Freedom Finance. The wallet provides you with full control over your assets, ensuring security and peace of mind. And that's not all. Whether you're new to the world of crypto or looking to expand your knowledge, 
Let's Go Branding Tokens got you covered, offering self-paced crypto classes designed specifically for beginners. The classes provide you with the knowledge and confidence to navigate the crypto landscape with ease. Visit the website today, letsgobrandingtoken.com, to become a part of this incredible movement, embrace freedom, empower the community, and make a positive impact together. Always remember that investing in crypto does involve risk, and it's important to do your own research before making any investment decisions. This message is not financial device, uh, advice, but it is friendly advice. Check them out, letsgobrandingtoken.com. Last but not least, we have the Patriot Power Generator from the number four Patriots. That is fourpatriots.com. The number fourpatriots.com. Folks, millions of people lost power after Hurricane Ian blasted through. One of the first things the local government did was put out food safety tips because a lot of people will watch their local food, uh, their food, their local food, their food spoil inside their fridges if they're unable to get gas for their generator. Well, now you can get a solar generator, which is safe to use indoors, whisper quiet, strong enough to run your fridge. It's the Patriot Power Generator from Four Patriots. It's not ordinary power. It is a generator that never needs gas ever. It even comes with a free solar panel. So for a limited time, you can get $500 off at fourpatriots.com and use the promo code LFA, Lima Foxtrot Alpha. Fourpatriots.com promo code LFA for $500 off. And 10% off of everything. It's rated five stars from over 600 reviews on the website and backed by their 100% guarantee for an entire year, so it's risk-free. You may be asking, why are they called Four Patriots? It's because a portion of every sale is donated to charities who support our veterans and their families. Just go to four, it's number four, patriots.com to get $500 off the Patriot Power Generator so you will be ready for the next blackout. That is the number four, patriots.com, code LFA. That's the number four, patriots.com. Promo code LFA, the number four patriots.com, promo code LFA. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, without further ado, here is a, our guest, David Gilio. We interviewed him yesterday. He is primarying Kevin McCarthy. Once again, primarying Kevin McCarthy. Going to need all of our help to make this possible. I think you're going to love it. I think you're going to love him. Take a listen to the interview. Keep hitting the thumbs up button. Share this show with everybody you know. Let them know about David and let them know about this show on LFA TV. Enjoy. We'll see you on the other side. All right, Ungovernables, I promised you another great guest. After last week, we had Trent Lisey from Colorado. We have another candidate who you're going to be excited to hear about. He is running a primary against everybody's favorite California congressman, not Kevin McCarthy, uh, running a primary against Kevin McCarthy, Ungovernables, Captain's Crew, everybody who's here in the chat with us this Friday morning, please welcome David Gilio to the chat. David, thank you for jumping on the show. We're really excited to have you. Sean, thank you for uh, inviting me on because this is one of the most important races in the country, and, and this is going to be our chance for all of us to tell the D.C. corrupt uniparty that we are not going to be ignored any longer and that we mean business. Yeah, I'm excited to uh, I'm excited to see somebody jumping in against Kevin McCarthy. And I got to tell you, I mean, he's an entrenched figure in California politics. You know that. I know that. The whole nation essentially knows that. I come from New York. I live in Tennessee now, but I've seen, you know, blue state Republicans. And Kevin McCarthy generally fits the mold of a blue state Republican. You know, there's not as many Lee Zeldins out there who are actual conservatives. There are a lot of Kevin McCarthy who could be kind of wishy-washy. And we saw that uh, with his performance as House Speaker. A lot of nice promises, uh, a lot of nice things that he said on, on cable news, uh, but no follow-through. And as a fan of a team that just won the World Series, if all we did was check swing, uh-huh. we wouldn't be winning the World Series, right? So you have to follow through. What is it, David, that sparked you, that thrust you into action to throw your name into this race against Kevin McCarthy to throw your hat in the ring. 
Well, listen, I, I view this as my name is the one going on the ballot, but this is an important fight because, like I said, this I, I'm representing all of us. My name's going to be the one on there that people are going to check the box for, but I represent all of us who feel forgotten and feel like Washington is ignoring us, rightfully so. And listen, Kevin McCarthy, let me tell you a secret about Kevin. Kevin doesn't actually believe in anything. The only thing Kevin cares about is himself and, and getting power. He spent his whole life trying to get that gavel. He got it. He lost it in record time because he doesn't actually believe in anything. He doesn't intend to deliver on anything. Kevin is a used car salesman at best. He should be selling used refrigerators at Sears. And uh, we're going to send him into retirement. And, and and that's what it is. You know, he's not entrenched. He's not a popular guy, even amongst this part of California. He's popular amongst the people with the money, the elites, but the people who cast the votes and the people who actually make up the electorate and the American people, they don't like Kevin. We've polled him in his own district, in neighboring districts. He's below or at 20%. Well, I see that you are a, uh, a small business owner. And listen, talk about the backbone of America, right? I mean, that is what it's all about. And I, I've seen this happening. A lot of people who own their own businesses all over the place, all throughout the country are, are, are putting themselves out there in the political scene because of 2020, honestly, because of COVID and everything that we saw. I've seen a lot of hairdressers. I've seen a lot of contractors, a lot of truck drivers getting involved in civics. Uh, it, it, did you, you, you're a small business owner. Did you experience uh, anything that was, you know, like uh, the, the lockdowns. How did that treat your business? What kind of business are you in, David? So uh, I do sports cards and collectibles. I opened my brick and mortar kind of towards the tail end, but it still affected my business. But I had more of a, a, a couple things why I stepped up. So I actually ran during uh, the 2020, 2022 cycle, but I, I actually got in the race very early in early 2021. And, you know, during COVID, um, my uncle passed away unexpectedly, and this is the kind of guy I'd give the, sh the shirt off your back if you asked for. Everybody loved him. He passed away. He had a heart attack mowing uh, an old lady's lawn for free. He used to go around and mow people's lawns and help them out because he was retired. And we were told we couldn't have a funeral for him. You know, we got that they only let five of us in the room. And I said, this is an absolute disgrace that they wouldn't even let us have a funeral for a guy that everybody loved and meant the world to me and, and to my family. And I said, this should never happen to anyone again. And it was happening all over the country. I'm not the only one with stories like that. And I said, we got to step up. You know, good people have to fight. And uh, that's kind of what got me into the political arena. I was a teacher. I have studied politics, but I never really uh, I don't wake up every day and say I want to be a politician. That's not what this is about. We got to just fight back against uh, a government that's just totally left us behind. So you say you were a teacher and that's been a hot button issue lately. Um, parents, education, you know, you're a mom or your dad. You go to a school board meeting. Uh, you, you speak a little uh, passionately at a school board meeting. Next thing you know, you're on an FBI list. What do you make of number one? Uh, the education crisis, I call it a crisis on this show. What do you make of, of that uh, that's running rampant, specifically, not just in blue states, it's more prevalent in blue states, but what do you make as a teacher uh, of this education crisis? How can we turn it around? Well, education, it is a crisis, and you're right to be calling it a crisis. It's a passion of mine. It's something I need. I want to get done because we are failing a generation of America's children because we are more worried about indoctrinating them and all the stuff that doesn't matter rather than doing what the job of a school is supposed to do. Teach kids how to read and write at grade level and teach them to have success outside the classroom. That is the job of the schools, and the way to do this is we have to get the government I mean, the government could fund schools, but they shouldn't be deciding 
deciding what's best for students and what students have to learn. We have to give control back to local communities, local schools, local teachers, local school boards, uh, people that are closest to the kids. Those are the ones who know the needs. You know, every school in every district in every town has different needs. And you, we keep trying to put this one size fits all all across the country, and it's a complete disaster. And then we're lowering the standards inside the classroom. I mean, when I taught... I'm actually originally from Connecticut, and I taught in the inner city of New Haven. You know, if you didn't show up to my class, I still had to give you a 50% in credit. Uh, so we're, we're, we're lowering our standards. We're not pushing kids. And we're also not emphasizing what matters. Schools need to get back to the basics. Yeah, I mean, we're teaching children. It seems to be, you know, in, in New York, when I was in New York, uh, we had the diversity, equity and inclusion guidelines that came out in April of 2021. And, you know, you didn't even have to read past page two to see what they were doing. I mean, it was in black and white, the chancellor of our board of regents, which is basically basically the state's uh, education department, right, came out and said that uh, among some of the things that are being taught with DEI is the senseless and brutal killing of black and brown people at the hands of law enforcement that is a word for word quotation that is not a paraphrase a, a paraphrasing job i just did there yeah. there was something else in that in that mandate or not a mandate but essentially it was a guidelines it was a set of guidelines that had uh made it clear that the state expects the school districts around the state to follow them and uh, with with expedience put this plan into action was to get people engaged civically, get students engaged civically, which I'm okay with, uh, but specifically um, engage in social justice activism. So it is clear what their goal of education was going to be. And don't you think it's a little strange or do you think it's maybe by design that you're seeing it in schools like UC Santa Barbara, UC Davis, UC Berkeley, these anti-Semitic protests going on? It's one thing if you don't want to you know, support a government or a nation, but to go out there and use that to, to ostracize an entire race of people. Listen, I hear from the left, that's a bad thing. What do you have to say about that popping up on college campuses and high school campuses across the country? Well, you know, you led me into this, and I didn't think we'd get into this story today, but uh, I'll give you a personal experience from me being inside the classroom. So I taught, like I said, inner city in, in Connecticut, in New Haven. So if anyone's familiar with New Haven, Connecticut, you might be familiar with the school districts. But we had exactly that type of stuff, indoctrination stuff. And we would have what was called Peace Day, where we started the year. And, um, you know, my classroom was selected to have the, the Black Lives Matter speaker come in. The, now, this is, I got 14, 15, 16-year-old, you know, 98% minority children. The first thing the speaker said to the students was, do you know the cops want you dead? And I was like, oh, man, this is going, this is out of control. And then it went downhill from there. After the, and even the kids were like, at the first thing the kids said to me after the, um, the whole thing was like, man, that was crazy, Mr. G. And I, um, so then I went and I talked to my administrator. Now, bear you in mind, this person grew up in the same town that I was from in Connecticut. She sits down. I tell her what happened. You know what she said to me? She said to me, well, David, um, you know, there's a, you know, there's a reason he might've felt that way. And I said, I understand, you know, this, this thing with police brutality and people feeling like this, but this is not the place to do that. What is telling 15 and 16 year old kids that the police want them to do to solve the problem? You know, we have police officers that work in our school. This does nothing but create an adversarial relationship. And she looked at me and she said, you know, Dave, I think you should read books about being a white guy teaching black children. And I said, I said, 
She said that to me. And I said, this has nothing to do with race. I said, I have a great relationship with the kids. I don't, I don't look at them in terms of that. And I was aghast by that. And I actually left the school uh, a few months later uh, on my own accord to go to go teach at my old high school, a uh, private Catholic high school. But I just couldn't believe it. That's the kind of stuff that's going on in the classroom. And that's why our schools are failing. We're focused on the wrong things. You know, I taught history. We talked about politics, but I don't believe it's my job to turn kids into warriors for one side or the other. I'm there to present you with the information, teach you the stuff, and, and that's what we need in school. So it's crazy, and it's not surprising, and it's only going to get worse. Let me tell you that. It's only going to get worse. Yeah, and that's the Unless way. we stand up. I'm sorry, yeah, that's the way it should be, the way you wanted to teach. Not an agenda or another agenda. There should be no agenda. The only agenda, in my opinion, I'm, I'm sure many others... Uh, of a teacher should be to arm your students, your pupils, with the resources and the means necessary to succeed in the real world. That should be it, you know? And unfortunately, yeah, and we've taken our eye off the ball there. No, and, and you know, I, uh, so I made the unfortunate decision, I guess I would say, of, you know, I thought these people were my friends and I told them, hey, you know, I'm a Republican and I, uh, I support President Trump. She came after me. They started coming after me. And I had the union guy even tell me, yeah, it's because you're a Republican. Um, so it's crazy, man. I mean, the schools in this country, it, it's so sad because, like I said, I taught kids who had terrible family lives that came from so many struggles. And the best thing you could do to help elevate kids out of poverty is to give them access to a quality education. We were failing at that. And I just don't believe any kid should be forced to go to a failing school. And that's why I love school choice. And I, I think it should be the law nationwide. Nobody should be forced to a failing school because of their zip code. So it, it's it's a passion of mine. That's something I'm going to fight for when I get to Washington. But I'm glad we actually got to touch on it because, you know, everybody talks. We, obviously, we want to focus on Kevin and say some of the things. But this is an important issue that and these stories are things that I think are important for people around the country to hear. Yeah, I agree. And and as, as much as I like to hit Kevin McCarthy, I also want to know more about David Gillio, right? And, and your background and and the fact that you were a teacher, right? I mean, this is this is big. Now, I, I am I am going to hit Kevin now because we talked about education and and you know going step by step, hand in hand, right now. Every single time I talk about education, always leads me down to this uh, this unfortunate circumstance we found ourselves in that parents who are concerned about what their children are learning are being put on terror watch lists or, or FBI lists or being co classified, labeled, whatever you categorized, whatever you want to call it, as potentially domestic terrorists where the FBI had developed its own threat tag, hashtag EDU officials, um, because they wanted to be a part or, or play a part or at least know what their child was learning in public schools. So that brings me to the weaponization of government because these agencies, these institutions have been, you know, imposing their will on us for a very long time. And one of the promises that Kevin McCarthy made when he was running for speaker back in January was that he was going to release the January 6 tapes. And essentially, by releasing those tapes, that would push back against the weaponization of government, whether you're a grandmother who walked through the Capitol on January 6th and you're classified as a terrorist, or you're a mom or a dad who went to a school board meeting and spoke passionately and now you're classified as a domestic terrorist. So, I mean... What do you have to say about the weaponization of government and about Kevin McCarthy's broken promise to give the American people the tapes from January 6th? Well, 
Kevin McCarthy and quite frankly, the rest of the rest of Republican leadership failed at that. This is one of the most important crises facing our country right now. I absolutely adamantly believe that. And I will tell that to anybody. The weaponization of our government, the Republican Party and the leadership is not taking this threat seriously enough. They created their little weaponization committee, but all that was meant to do was to placate us into thinking they were doing something. They've done nothing but stall. They've held no one accountable. And this to think that this stuff is going to end with Donald Trump is total naivety on the part of Republicans. It just goes to show that they still, after all this time, do not understand the nature of their opponents. And just look at no further than Kevin McCarthy himself. He believed Nancy Pelosi when she led him to believe that, hey, if your speakership gets threatened, uh, we'll, we'll come save you. And then push comes to shove and they stabbed him in the back. They didn't save him. So we have to understand the nature of the opponent. The January, what's happening to January 6th prisoners is nothing short of Soviet style persecution. That's fascism. Okay. We watched as a nation, you watched it. I watched it as our, our cities were burned to the ground. Government buildings were attacked. Police cars were torched and barely anyone, a very limited number has ever been held accountable to that. And then here we have people uh, on January 6th who are just, you know, that wouldn't have happened if people had faith in the process of our elections. So the bigger problem is the fact that so many Americans felt that they cannot trust the process of our election, that they felt the need to show up and to, you know, to, they're frustrated. And our government's still ignoring them. We've done nothing. It's another thing Kevin's failed at and the Republican Party's failed at is is really election integrity. They don't want to talk about it because they're scared. And quite frankly, the, the Uniparty and people like Kevin, Nancy, they use the manipulation of elections via their money and their donate their donations and their PACs to influence elections and make sure only approved candidates get through. I, I lived it for, firsthand. Kevin McCarthy spent millions of dollars against me in a primary. They stole all of my data that I shared with them. They stole our message. They elected a guy who ran as a hardcore conservative named John Duarte. And what's he doing in Congress right now? He's he's fighting for amnesty for every illegal alien in this country. He just voted yesterday against censuring Rashid Tlaib. He's a total disgrace. And those are the kind of people that Kevin gets elected and uses his money to get elected. So when you hear people tell you, well, the Republican Party got rid of their most prolific fundraiser. That money means nothing because that's blood money. That's money given to Kevin to make sure he doesn't deliver on America First promises and to make sure he gets Republicans elected who aren't going to deliver on those promises. And these, these next couple questions may be easy questions and low-hanging fruit, but it's always good to, I, I believe, on putting people on the record, right? These are easy ones. Number one, House Speaker, would you have voted for Jim Jordan? Yes. Okay, very cool. Number two, would you have voted to censure Rashida Tlaib? Yes. Very cool. I mean, it's that. Those and I never would have. And I would not have voted for Kevin McCarthy the first time around. Let me tell you that I would have voted for or voted against him all fifteen times. Well, you know why? Because he wouldn't have been there. Because you would have been there instead. So. Yeah. Well, I ran against a different guy, but he—that's one of the reasons he didn't want me there. He didn't think he could trust me for my vote. And uh, you know what? All, like I said, all he cared about was that gavel, and he sabotaged a lot of it. We would have a much bigger majority if it was not for Kevin McCarthy and Tom Emmer and their little plan to make sure that they're only their you know, minion candidates got through. Yeah, that's a shame. Uh, that is that is a shame, you know, the fact that the majority is not larger, and, and now we have Republicans. And I mean, ethically, ethically, I'm not talking about whatever George Santos did is is appropriate, but, I mean, to look at folks from my former home state of New York you know, uh, trying to remove a Republican from Congress when we only have a four-seat majority as it is just well, doesn't make much sense. 
You talk about how ridiculous the Republican Party, they were more likely to kick out their own member than censure Rashid Tlaib. Look at this. They don't even have the guts to go after the Democrats. If you remember, Paul Gosar was censured by the Democrats for that little meme he posted back in 2020. And Kevin McCarthy went along with he He approved Gosar being taken off committees. So the Republicans don't have the guts to fight against left. Listen. It's you ever heard that saying, give an inch, take a mile. The Democrats, everything they do is a calculated test. And when they see you are not going to fight back, they're going to become more emboldened. You know, we a lot of Republicans stick to this moral, sit on this moral high horse. It's all bull crap anyway. They don't actually believe this stuff. But they're crying about the rules of the game, the rules of the game. The Democrats have changed the rules of the game. They've decided the old rules no longer matter. And they're playing by a different set. If we keep trying to play by the old rules, we're going to get run over. It's like, you know, you said, if you're a baseball fan, your Rangers won. They have that terrible rule uh, with the runner starting at second base uh, during extra innings. What if I was the team and said, you know what? I like the old rules. We're going to start with the bases empty. That's what the Republicans are doing. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, they'll, they'll they'll never win or you'll have a, a, a worse chance of winning if you don't take that free run. I don't like the free runner, by the way. I hate it. But Oh, it's uh, terrible. I was a baseball player through college. It's my least favorite thing. It, it makes me very angry. I, I, feel for the, <laughs> I feel for the pitchers because, like, they didn't put the runner there. <laughs> well, I also think it's I also think it's a, a, an advantage to the visiting team. You're basically giving them a go-ahead lead in the, the top of the inning. You're putting your team on, you know, more stressful half inning. But, yeah, it's right. crazy. That's true. Um, the border, the southern border. California is a border state. Arizona is a border state. Texas is a border state. But recently, you know, Montana's become a border state. Minnesota's become a border state. Kevin was supposed to shut this border, uh, shut the, the country down, the government down until we got border funding. That didn't happen. What say you? Kevin didn't even try. And that's the thing. Nancy Pelosi is responsible for the longest government shutdown in history. And it wasn't because President Trump wanted to back down. It was because Republicans in Congress were scared of taking the heat. And they said, you got to end this lockdown. Kevin McCarthy should have used the power of the purse. We can sit here and talk all day long about the fact that Republicans don't control the Senate and don't control the White House. The House of Representatives has the most powerful tool of all in our government, the power of the purse. Nothing can happen in Washington. The government literally cannot run unless it is funded by the House of Representatives. So if Kevin McCarthy really wanted his border security bill to pass. He would have demanded and stuck, dug in and forced the Biden administration to say no, because vast majority of Americans believe there's a crisis on the southern border, want the southern border closed. They would have been on his side, but he was too scared to fight. He didn't even try. His two biggest keystone pieces of legislation that he will be remembered for for speaker were passed by more Democrats than Republican. He was a complete and total failure. He's been that way his whole career. He is, uh, like I said, he's a used car salesman. Yeah, I'm rooting for you, David. I got to tell you, I'm rooting for you. David Giglio uh, with us right now running against Kevin McCarthy, launching a primary campaign against Kevin McCarthy in California's 20th congressional district. I am sure that there are people reaching out to you right now, David, saying, I uh -huh. want to help. We could finally end this and send a, a true conservative, a patriotic guy, small business owner, former teacher, passionate about education, to Washington, D.C., into the belly of the beast to start fighting us from the inside out, uh, fighting the battle for us from the inside out. How can people help you right now? I know you have a website. What yeah. can people do? Well, listen, um, anything helps. Kevin McCarthy's got a multi-million dollar war chest, but don't be deterred by that because Kevin is a known commodity. There's nothing his money, he can use his money to promise to voters that he already hasn't failed on his entire career. People don't like Kevin. 
Anything we raise helps. All we need to do is raise enough money to make sure that everyone in, in Bakersfield area in the 20th Congressional District, Fresno, Clovis, that they know there's a viable option, an alternative on the ballot, and we'll beat him easily because we've pulled it. He's not popular. He's extremely unpopular, but he's never had somebody stand up to him. And you want to talk about California. This is one of the this is an extremely red. This is a MAGA, America first, Trump loving district. It deserves a representative that is better than an F score, Liberty score. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, go to my website, davidagiglio.com. Donate anything. Times are tough. You know, I run a retail store. Everybody's feeling it in their wallets. Everyone's wallet is lighter. Anything you can give helps. A dollar, five dollars, twenty-five dollars. You know, those donations are just as impactful as thousand-dollar donations. So anything you can do in that regard helps. Uh, sign up to volunteer because when we do phone banking, we'll need that. But uh, just spread the word, you know, spread my name around, spread it on social medias, tell your family members and uh, let's win this together. Because, like I said, my name's the one on the ballot, but this isn't my this isn't just my fight. This is our fight and we're going to win together. And I hope to see it happen. I hope to see, you know, just blue collar working Americans coming out of the woodwork, coming up and running for office and taking out politically, of course, some of these. Uh, establishment figures. You know, it's something that will really awaken and invigorate, I believe, our base. You know, everyone's, what can we do? What can I do? It's not going to work. It will if we all just start doing our part. Folks like you are the ones running for office. Folks like me are the ones gonna, trying to get the word out. And then there are thousands of volunteers that are going to come and get behind you, David, and I really hope they can make a difference. So, uh, it, you know, give us about a minute or so of your pitch to the nation, you know, to the fifteen to 20,000 people that are going to be watching this episode, why they should get involved and pay attention to David Giglio from now until Election Day 2024 to put you in the halls of Congress. Well, one, because we're going to we're going to score the biggest upset since Eric Cantor went down. Kevin's buddy Eric Cantor went down. But this is a race. Like I said, Kevin McCarthy represents everything wrong with our politics and our government today. He's a man who believes in nothing. He's just a member of the elite squad. He doesn't want to do anything. He's owned by big tech. He's owned by big pharma. He's owned by Wall Street. If he is their favorite son, he is the lobbyist's favorite son. If we take him out, people, we're going to put everyone on notice. We're going to put permanent Washington on notice, and they are going to finally understand that the American people have had enough, that we are capable of fighting back. Because they think what they did in 2020 has us really dejected. We need to keep fighting. I know it feels tough. I know it feels hard. You know, one of the things I remember from my last campaign is how many people were just so tired. But this is the time to fight. We still have a chance and we need to do this and we need to make sure that we take out the big guns. The best way to win is to cut the, the head of the snake off. We took his gavel away. Let's take his seat away. Let's send him back to Frank Lund's basement permanently and they can have all the pillow fights and laughing and tickle parties they want. <laughs> well, that's a great that's a great way to put it. David Gilio, davidagilio.com. It's down there in the lower thirds. Check out the website. Consider donating to his campaign. David, don't be a stranger. Anytime you got updates on the yeah, campaign. Have me on anytime. Yeah, man. Any, anytime. anytime you got updates on the campaign, we'd love to have you back. Uh, let us know what's going on. Anything that big that's going on. Just, we, 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 you have a home here. You have a friendly home here. Uh, and when you become a congressman in 2024 and you take out Kevin we won't, McCarthy. I won't forget you. We will have well, so much Kevin. fun. We will have, while Kevin McCarthy's I having pillow fights, we're going to be, I guess, virtually uh, <laughs> toasting some some adult sodas. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Have a great one. Thank you. Have a great Thank day. You. David Gilio running against Kevin McCarthy. 
And uh, he's got a real big uphill battle. He acknowledged that. He acknowledged that. But uh, we are here to help him, so t- check him out, davidagilio.com. Hope you enjoyed that. I'm a little disappointed in the rumble count right now, folks. I don't know what's going on. You got a great candidate on there with you, and we're just sitting on our hands. No, we can't do that. Please hit the like button. Please hit the share button. It is a Friday. I understand. We all love you. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to get to a word from a couple of our sponsors and give you one simple solution that will get greatly improve your life, better sleep, sharpen your mind, and get back to feeling great. This is Field of Greens. Let me introduce you to Field of Greens, fieldofgreens.com, promo code L. F.A. Most of you are like me. There's a list of things every day that run you down, and I'm way too busy to pick fruit and chop vegetables every single day. But I did my homework, and I chose Field of Greens. Every fruit and vegetable in Field of Greens was medically chosen to, uh, to support specific health functions like heart, liver, and kidney health, immune system, and metabolism. Ladies and gentlemen, Field of Greens will help you stay healthy. Field of Greens is the only brand with a better health promise, so enjoy Field of Greens at your next doctor's visit. If your doctor doesn't say something like, wow, whatever you're doing, it's working, keep it up. Return it for a refund. Keep your body healthy, and your mind and spirit will follow. Let me get you started with 15% off. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code LFA. That's Lima Foxtrot Alpha. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code LFA. For 15% off of everything there, fieldofgreens.com, promo code LFA. LFA, and last but not least, we have OFP Farms getting into the holiday season. No better gift than something from OFP Farms. Ladies and gentlemen, OFP Farms produces quality goat milk products for everyday use. Soaps, lotions, lip balms, all-natural pain relief, and beard products. Why goat milk? Well, because they have amazing benefits. Goat milk helps to heal skin and promote regrowth of dead skin cells, damaged by everyday life, harsh chemicals, and exposure to the elements. It is packed naturally with vitamins A, B, C, E, and K. OFP Farms creates, produces, and ships directly from their farm. Products are made with uh, premium ingredients in small batches to maintain quality. They're a family-owned and operated goat farm and a patriotic America-first God-fearing company. Be sure to visit their website at OFPFarms.com and browse their amazing selection of products. That is OFPFarms.com, OscarFoxtrotPapaFarms.com. Use promo code LFA15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order. That is OFPFarms.com, promo code LFA15, Lima Foxtrot Alpha 15, OFPFarms.com, promo code LFA15. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for watching and listening. Hope you enjoyed this week. It's been a great week here for us as well. The cats are doing better than they were midway through the week, so thank you very much for everybody helping us out, sending your good energy, sending your prayers. Really appreciate it. Jeremy Harrell is coming up next with Live from America at 11 a.m. Mike Crispy Unafraid at noon. Loud Majority with Kevin Smith at 1. Matter of fact with Ryan Matta at 2. Wrong Think with Anna Perez at 3. The Santilli Report with Pete Santilli at 4. Culture Wars with the Great Will Johnson at 5. Based America with Drew Hernandez at 6. And Brave TV with Dr. Jason Dean at 7. We will be on Locals again tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern. Brennan and I live from the cat pen. Uh, although there's no more pen. We took the fence down. We'll be back with the kitties again tonight at Locals if you want to see them. SeanFarish.Locals.com slash support. We can't wait to see you there. I'll be on Newsmax in a couple hours with Bianca De La Garza for uh, for uh, hits and misses again. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for watching and listening. As President Trump says, we will never give up. We will never give in. We will never, ever surrender. And if all else fails, we will just become ungovernable. Thank you. God bless you. God bless this one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Have a great rest of your day. Please subscribe to us here on Rumble. Subscribe anywhere you get your audio podcast. It's totally free by searching on Govern to get it anywhere you get your podcast. And have a great rest of your day. Have a wonderful weekend. Do not comply with anything crazy. Compliance is surrender, so do not comply. Do not surrender. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on Locals. And if we don't see you then, we'll catch you next week. 